Hello and welcome to the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists news podcast for March. I'm Vicky and today I'll be chatting with Derek Munn, RCSLT's Director of Policy and Public Affairs and special guest Rachel Perkett, Director of Engagement and Communications, will be joining us. Together we'll be discussing what's going on in the world of speech and language therapy and how the RCSLT is supporting that. As everyone is aware, I'm sure, it's been a very interesting week and recent events mean we have a lot to discuss. So firstly, I'd like to say hello to Rachel and welcome. Hello, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today, Rachel. And then over to Derek. Good morning, Derek. Hello. Okay, um, I think I might start with you then, Derek. Um, So the Chancellor has just presented the budget and I wondered, is there anything in there that will be of interest to speech and language therapists and assistants? Yes, so the the UK government budget was uh, last week as we record, obviously because of health being devolved, most of the announcement related to England, although there's a bit of crossover, and the devolved nations have their own budget. So the Scottish budget has just taken place this week, for example, and there's been some controversy there around the level of pay increase for care workers, as some people may have seen. In terms of the UK budget, applying mainly to England, the, the big headline was around the government's proposal that NHS workers in England get a pay rise of 1%. And that's the government makes that proposal. Lots of other people make proposals, and it's actually a pay review body that makes the determination. All the same, you'll have seen that the government got some pretty bad press for that. Obviously, it's a pay and conditions matter, so colleagues at Unite are in the lead. We're going to be in contact with them around that. But clearly, that will be of particular concern to all of our members in England who are employed by the NHS. There was a bunch more money. I mean, the billions, we continues to be, you know, people are just treating it almost like small change. I mean, there was well over a billion pounds for further rollout of the vaccine programme and development of it. And I think linked to that, the government continues to focus on health sciences, um, vaccination being seen as one aspect of that, but it's also part of the industrial strategy, actually, post-Brexit, there's a belief that health sciences is an area where the United Kingdom can get a distinct advantage. And the last thing I'd probably mention is that the the saga of sorting out the social care sector and how that's going to be funded, with all the implications we know that has for us, has been deferred yet again. There was nothing. Um, And when questioned on it, the Prime Minister said, well, it'll take some time to work out, even though when he was running for election, he said, I've got a plan ready to go. Interesting. Thank you, Derek. And of course, coronavirus still is in the news a lot and we cannot avoid discussing that for now, almost a year since the first lockdown. So I think I might go to you, Rachel, and I wonder if I can start by asking you about the ongoing impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the profession and what we're doing to support therapists, please. Thanks, Vicky. Um, Yes, of course, this is an ongoing um, and really serious concern. Uh, Throughout the pandemic, we've been staying in in very close contact with members to understand what issues that they're facing um, and how we can best support them. Uh, We've done that through our working groups. We've done that through um, surveys um, to understand what the membership is experiencing. So the most recent survey we've done of members shows some pretty worrying issues coming up. So, for example, 82% of members have felt overwhelmed by their work during the pandemic. 36% 36% are experiencing exhaustion associated with that with their work. And 51% told us that there are the people on their caseloads who haven't got interventions uh, despite needing them. So that's a real worry. 
we're continuing to give support in, in all of the ways that we possibly can. So we're providing guidance for members um, on PPE, on delivering services remotely, on vaccination. Um, and we're doing that through all of our communications channels. Um, so we hope that that's been helpful and useful for members. Great, thank you. I wonder, Derek, if you've got anything to add on how COVID-19 is affecting members? Many of the issues that we're working on are those that we've discussed before. And I think in discussion with members on committees and in other networks, it's interesting now how COVID-19 is starting to become the new normal and starting just to mainstream itself through, through all of the strands of our work as we move into, move into the new phase. What's novel continuation of the vaccine rollout but also more and more we hear about speech and language therapists who are stepping up to be vaccinators and, and we continue to support that. Obviously um, both as professionals and in many cases as parents the reopening of schools is significant and important to remember that the, the rate and nature of school reopening is different in the four nations. Um, so Wales went first, Northern Ireland is going last, different year groups are going at different times but clearly the reopening of schools is a, a factor both professionally and for many members personally. I think the biggest change, though, since we last spoke, Ricky, for which we can take some credit as part of an alliance, which now includes the Royal College of Nursing, British Medical Association, is that completely unannounced, a government webpage offering advice on ventilation suddenly changed its wording last week. Not announced, um, and the new wording is much closer to what we and other professions have been saying is our understanding of the science around the nature of indoor transmission of the virus. So there was no announcement, there was no press release. Um, we very quickly screenshotted the web page in case it had been put up by accident, but we're pleased to see this tacit recognition of the science around ventilation and indoor spread. What we now need is for that to flow through into the relevant guidance for professionals. Uh, the other area which I think is now burgeoning is post-COVID syndrome, so-called long COVID, where we're intensely engaged across the UK in discussions and developments and pathways. And actually today, as we speak, um, the head of our Wales office will be giving evidence to the Welsh Parliament Health Committee with other AHPs about our role in long COVID. Great, thank you, Derek, and thank you, Rachel, as well. So probably to both of you, really, um, regular listeners will know that we've had a big survey out from November to January, looking at access for speech and language therapy during the pandemic. I wonder if you can tell listeners a bit more about when the results are due, um, what might the key messages be, and how can listeners help to share these messages? And maybe Derek first? The survey, as we record, is due out next week in the, in the third week of March, and Rachel will comment on the, the communications aspects, but obviously we'll be going big on social media. Obviously this has been done with a lot of service user partners and service user partners will also be using it to amplify their, their own messages. Uh, I'm afraid that today I'm not going to um, tell you what's, what's in the survey results or, or, in, the, or in the findings, but I, I think you can probably imagine quite a lot of it. And those policy asks, which are now evidenced, by what service users have told us will form the basis of our lobbying and influencing in the months ahead. There'll be some immediate campaigning actions on the public affairs side, which we'll be inviting members to sign up to and take part in. 
Um, and then the first outing for this will be when we present the findings to MPs and members of the House of Lords in a couple of weeks' time. Fantastic, Derek. Um, Rachel, do you have anything to add on that? Yes, so it, obviously this is a hugely important piece of work that, that conveys the challenges that service users are facing. We're going to be sharing that far and wide and members are clearly a really important part of getting the word out. So there's going to be lots of ways for members to get involved um, and share that with their networks. So, so please do. Thank you. So that's something to look forward to next week. Um, hotly anticipated. Thank you. We've talked a lot about a huge amount of things that are going on. Um, I wonder if there's anything else. Uh, just a couple of things to flag up. Um, I hope most members will be aware that we've uh, we've started a, a program of learning on anti-racism. Um, there's a series of videos that are being uh, released and members can register for the events that, that are taking place in May. So please do sign up. We're also working on conference. So we hope that people will be thinking about their abstracts that they want to submit and putting those through. We'll be looking for all of the innovation an adaptation that you've been doing over the last year or so. Please share it with us. Thank you. Thank you. It was wonderful to have you here today, Rachel, to talk about all of that stuff. Uh, and I will put a link to some of those resources in the description of this podcast. And thank you, Derek, as well. And I look forward to our usual catch up next month.